Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone. Welcome back to the Osmo Daily Fantasy Newsroom. I am your host, Kyle Dvorak. Find me on Twitter at KyleTweets here. This is the daily show where I break down yesterday's big training camp news, give you the fantasy spin on it, show you how you can make action in your fantasy leagues, your drafts, the waiver wire, free agents, all of that good stuff from the training camp news, breaking it all down. Before we get into today's training camp news, I just want to remind you that you can go to osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football to get access to our draft kit. You get for just $29.95 access to our fantasy football rankings done by the world's number one daily fantasy player, Alex Osmo Baker. You also get the draft wingman tool, which helps you build optimal season-long and best ball teams. You get our cheat sheets, our customizable strength of schedule tool, and so much more, including our $35 credit to the FFPC if you're a new user. That means the draft kit is paying for itself. You are making your money back just with that credit. And then, of course, you get access to all the awesome tools at osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football. Yesterday, go ahead and check out that show. We covered a lot of the big news that happened yesterday. Released the show late just so you could get access to the Leonard Fournette breakdown, the Jalen Rieger breakdown. So let's double down on that Jalen Rieger breakdown real quick, just because we've had some some updates with that, specifically on the Alshon Jeffrey front. It looks like Alshon Jeffrey will not be ready to start week one. It appears as though his injury, I believe he's recovering from foot surgery, a Liz Frank surgery. It appears as though that's going to at least cost him week one. It could be longer. So with that, we are set to have Deshaun Jackson as the starting receiver in Philadelphia. I mean, we saw week one last season, Deshaun Jackson went healthy as an absolute killer. He has still at the age of, I believe, 31, that game-breaking speed that he's possessed throughout his career. It goes for 154 yards on eight catches and ends up with two touchdowns. Then, of course, he has that abdomen injury that basically costs him, except for a handful of snaps, the rest of his 2019 season. But when healthy, Deshaun Jackson is an absolute speed demon still. There are other options, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, John Hightower, and Greg Ward. None really moved the needle. Greg Ward was an outstanding player in the AAF, I guess, but then comes in and is not an awfully productive receiver with the Eagles until we see them suffer a handful of injuries last year. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside there, Day two pick in the 2019 draft does absolutely nothing, goes under 200 yards in a season where they absolutely needed him. John Hightower getting some buzz in camp, but it's really difficult to choose between him and Quez Watkins. Watkins has the better profile, but John Hightower is the guy that seems to be getting more buzz. Really, if you're looking to target this team, look for guys like Dallas Goddard, Deshaun Jackson, who have established roles and we know are incredibly talented. Moving on to, let's, let's double down on two big pieces of news, Alvin Kamara, appears to be holding out of training camp, has been absent from a handful of practices. Adam Schefter reports that those absences 
are not injury-related. They are related to his contract. Kamara has been lobbying for this new deal from the Saints all offseason. It appears the two sides are coming to a standstill. Kamara is easily one of the league's most dynamic backs, both as a rusher and a receiver, but the Saints are simply just really strapped for cap in these next few years. Add on the fact that it appears as though the cap is going to come down for the first time in a long time next year. They're really going to have to make some cap magic happen if they want to sign Kamara, but Kamara deserves that big payday. He's a guy who was nicked up last year, wants to get that long-term deal before some more serious injury happens, and just wants to get paid like the running back. He is an elite running back. Whether or not you think running backs deserve to be paid as much as they do in a team-building sense, it makes sense for Alvin Kamara to seek that kind of money, Those that Derrick Henry a little a little below Christian McCaffrey level deal but if this holdout lasts into the season we have to know up on Latavius Murray. Murray last year was dominant in the two games he started where Alvin Kamara was absent goes over 65 fantasy points PPR leagues in those two games 68.7 fantasy points 307 all-purpose yards gets 48 carries and catches another 14 passes he was incredible in those two games. The running back two and the running back three in those two weeks, and then post a handful of other RB2 weeks, I believe four other RB2 or better weeks, because he has that big body goal line role on a handful of snaps throughout the season that gives him some upside. Particularly think he is a great season-long play as opposed to best ball, although I love getting him as a zero RB target in best ball because there are really only two scenarios that you know you are going to be playing Latavius Murray. If the Saints are projected to blow out their opponent, he will get some mop-up duty. That's where those RB2, low-end RB2 weeks came in last year, is just getting mop-up duty, touchdowns, giving Alvin Kamara breathers when they don't really need to play him, and then, of course, when Alvin Kamara isn't healthy. And even last season, we saw he only played those two games where he got big touches with Alvin Kamara out and was still an above-average player when you look at it by best ball win rate. Looking at Latavius Murray's win rate last year, ends the season at a 10.5%, despite just getting those two games. He wasn't taking over an entire half season, an entire season for Alvin Kamara, who went down to some early long-term injury. He got two games and was still an above-average player because you get a handful of those RB2 weeks in, and then, of course, you get some massive spike weeks from Latavius Murray. So he's a guy that I'm picking up in best ball. I think is an easy pickup in season long. Just a guy I want to get across all formats. Now let's move up to Cincinnati. Joe Mixon not technically holding out. His absence is supposedly injury-related. Most recently, migraines. I believe there was also some lower body stuff earlier in training camp, but it seems pretty obvious that just like Alvin Kamara has been lobbying for a better contract all offseason, now training camp rolls around, and I believe it's holding in, basically showing up but not practicing at all, can't practice because of supposed injuries. Joe Mixon seeking that contract. If he were to hold out, we would see two guys get a significant bump in touches, Giovanni Bernard and Travion Williams. First, let's look at Giovanni Bernard, really a guy that even if Joe Mixon holds out, I really struggle to get excited with. Early in his career, appeared to be this dynamic back, goes over 200 touches, three consecutive seasons, but since he turned 25, it has just been all downhill since then. Goes 91 rushes, 105 rushes in the past two seasons, 56 carries in 12 games. Those numbers maybe go up if he plays a full healthy season. Last year, 2019, 53 carries, only 83 total touches, a career low on a healthy 16 games, no touchdowns. He has been completely phased out of this offense, really just a guy they use as a backup and get on a handful of third down, receiving down type plays. Gets 43 targets last year, but doesn't really do enough to move the needle. 30 catches, 234 yards. So let's look at Travion Williams, a guy that has a really interesting profile, similarly kind of small like Giovanni Bernard, 5'8", 206, that's a 74th percentile BMI, so he's small but thick, and he's still fast. Runs a 4'5", 140, that is in the 74th percentile, so he's fast, he's thick, he's small, he's shifty, 
in his college dominator. He was an absolute demon at Texas A&M. In 2018, his final collegiate season, he goes for 1,760 yards, adds 278 on 27 catches in the receiving game, and monster touchdown numbers. 19 touchdowns on the ground alone. That gives him an 80th percentile college dominator, and he still did it while being efficient. Runs at 6.5 yards per carry in the 83rd percentile per player profiler as well. He was both the focal point of his offense, and despite that, defense coming into every game knowing he was the guy they had to stop, they still couldn't stop him from being an efficient runner. Add on that, those receiving numbers give him an 8.8% college target share. That is above average as well. There's really not anything to dislike about Travion Williams profile outside of last year when I said his final college season was 1,760 yards. That was in 2018. That means he was in the NFL last year. He played a handful of snaps on offense and was used basically exclusively as a special teams player. And despite the fact that he was a six-round pick, he was a guy who clearly wasn't going to usurp Joe Mixon for touches. He would still like to see maybe he takes over Giovanni Bernard's role, at least contribute some way in offense, and he doesn't do that. So it's clear that the offense is centered around Joe Mixon. Travion Williams, a guy who's not going to have any role with him on the offense still, but if we do see Joe Mixon hold out, Travion Williams is a guy you want to blow the fab on. He clearly has this bell cow profile in his background at Texas A&M, so Latavius Murray should be drafted in all formats, should be targeted by Osmo drafters in all formats. Travion Williams, a guy who no standalone value right now and has to have some deep handcuff value, but Travion Williams is a guy that I am flagging on the waiver wire if anything happens to Joe Mixon or if he chooses to actually hold out of this season, which seems unlikely, but it could happen. We've seen crazier things. Travion Williams is a guy you absolutely have to have on your radar. Moving on to a handful of other news bites. Lamar Miller activated off the active pup list. The Patriots have activated him from the pup list. Miller was added a few weeks ago by the Patriots in free agency while Sonia Michelle was also on the pup list. Now the team has their full stable of mediocre running backs available, and it looks like they're set for another full-blown running back by committee. Really outside of your PPR leagues, it is so difficult to decipher who is going to be successful in this backfield, and that assumes anyone is going to be successful, which is not a guarantee. Last year, you didn't want to have Sony Michelle on your roster. You clearly didn't want to have Damian Harris on your roster. The only guy you wanted, James White, and that's how I would project this to happen again, is it is just a mess of largely inefficient grinder-type backs, and then James White racking up PPR points. The only one I'm really interested in, and he doesn't have a ton of ceiling, so he's a guy that if you wait to take running backs, he gives you a solid floor option, but that's really the only scenario in which I'm actively targeting him is when I need a floor option in my backfield. Moving on, last piece of news for the day, an interesting one, Jonathan Taylor could contribute in the passing game as a rookie. The Athletics' Stephen Holder stated that Jonathan Taylor is a candidate to contribute in the passing game as a rookie. That's not awfully strong words. He didn't say it was a lock that he would be the starting running back getting three down roll. It's clear that Marlon Mack has a role in this offense. Frank Reich has talked about him being their starter in week one, and they still want to get Niam Hines, their dynamic pass catching back and special teams ace, the ball. But Jonathan Taylor will take over this backfield eventually. His profile coming out of college was just too strong to ignore. Jonathan Taylor, 5'10", 226, massively muscular, tight build, still runs a 4'39". That gives him a 99th percentile speed score, which adjusts his 40 time for his size. Given his size, he is one of the fastest running backs to ever enter the league and then post above average agility scores, post an above average broad and vertical combination, and then you look at his college stats and the dude was just incredible. 1,900 yards in his freshman season at Wisconsin, 2,100, then 2,000 in his next two seasons, goes over 20 touchdowns, goes over 25 touchdowns, in fact, in his final college season. And then the one knock on his game generally was heading into his 
junior season that he wasn't used as a pass catcher. Catches eight balls in each of his two first seasons, doesn't go over 100 yards. We see that number jump up massively to 26 for 252 receiving yards. That is a 10.3% college target share in the top quarter of college prospects. You look at this Wisconsin offense, and they are a team that typically relies on running the ball with their running backs and not throwing to them. We saw the same thing with Melvin Gordon coming out. They don't pass the ball often, and it's not typically to running backs. Melvin Gordon comes out of school and becomes a three-down back within a year or two. Jonathan Taylor has that same profile in his range of outcomes, and he's probably just more athletic and more talented as a pure rusher than Melvin Gordon. So the upside for Taylor is sky high. Of course, with Mack and Hines in the fold, maybe he starts the season slow, but he is a guy that I am targeting for that second half boom a la Miles Sanders last year. All right, that's going to do it. Shorter show, but broke down two of the big pressing contract issues with Kamara and Latavius Murray. And of course, yesterday we talked more in depth about the Quez Watkins-John Hightower battle in Eagles camp and about, obviously, the Leonard Fournette getting waived by the Jags news. So if you want more, go ahead and check that out. And of course, head over to osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football to get access to the draft kit. That's our projections done by the best DFS player in the world, Alex Baker, the draft wingman to help you build the best possible lineups, our cheat sheets, our breakout sleepers and busts, and more. And of course, that $35 credit to the FFPC. Again, check all that out at osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football. I have been your host, Kyle Dvorak. Find me on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. I'll catch you tomorrow.